I'm Laura Potter. And we're your host today for Pure Truth. We want to welcome you to our podcast and thank you for listening. Today we'll be discussing boundaries. And our scripture for today is Luke 6, 31. Do to others as you would have them do to you. All right, I'm excited about this topic. And you know, Susan's going to be the one leading us today. She's had quite a bit of training for this and we can't wait to hear what she has to share with us. All right. Well, firstly, today I'd like to start off with a definition of boundaries. Yeah, that'd be good. Boundaries are anything that helps to differentiate you from someone else or shows where you begin and end. That mm. definition comes from Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. Boundaries are a very intense and profound topic. I think a lot of Christians have many misconceptions of what boundaries are. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I certainly did. I think we need to have boundaries in every area of our life, our families, friends, church, work, life, you know, all of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to point out that we're all different. What's easy for some of us is just not going to be so easy for other people. Right. Yeah. Right. For example, they might think, Christians might think every right is stripped from them and that they should always meet the needs and demands of others in the name of Christian love. Many Christians are brought up in their families of origin with the idea that their goodness includes doing everything for everyone else all the time. I think we ladies have referenced this before. It can be referred to as people-pleasing. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. The Christian life does indeed require that we surrender some rights, some comforts and preferences, and some securities as sacrifices for the needs of others, just as in any relationship. However, Christianity does not mean that we throw away our individuality and our right to think, feel, act based on free will. We do surrender ourselves to the Lord. Thus, our individuality, thinking, feeling, and behaving will eventually align with His character. It can be confusing about how to distinguish between claiming our right and offering sacrificial love, but it takes practice and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. It's like a spiritual muscle. It takes exercising and strengthening that muscle to gain the wisdom of how to maintain them. Dr. Henry Cloud explains the basic boundary-setting word is no. No. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need any excuse, a reason, or justification as to why you're saying no. You simply state it. Unfortunately, certain traditions in religion, family systems, cultural influences, educational backgrounds, among many other influences, can at times cause one to learn how to be codependent, which can lead to acquiring a poor personal boundary system. And this affects all our relationships. Yeah, sure does. Codependency has been described as misplaced dependency, whether it be a relationship, object, job, food, or drink, shopping, TV, social media, exercising. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have a shopping example. Um, When I was newly married in my 20s and I felt, you know, a type of longing in me, I would go shopping that would fill the void. I liked the distraction of the mall. You know, yeah. it was just there's a lot of busyness, a lot of activity going on. And or I'd go to Walmart or Target and just distract myself with all the pretty things that I could fix up, you know, to I could buy things and fix up my house. And, oh, yeah. You know, many oh. times I'd, I'd even more, you know, I'd spend more money than we had, you know, and have to face the music, of course, when I got home from my, with my husband and he'd see the receipt and, you know. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. 
<laughs> it wasn't until about a few years later that I was convicted at the store with a shopping cart full of things that I wanted to buy, but I knew I didn't have the money to buy these things, and I felt the Holy Spirit's conviction that I should be doing something else with my time to bring joy to my heart rather than filling it with momentary pleasure, you know, just adding something new to the house or buying a few, you know, things here and that made me feel good. Right. And after some, you know, self-reflection and praying through this, I realized I was craving things that provided temporary pleasure, but not the long-lasting pleasure I found in spending time alone with God. Yeah. You know, this was a huge lesson for me, and my husband was, you know, really thankful for that. Sure he was. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that, Laura. Yeah. The, The Lord should take first place. We should be dependent on Him and Him alone. God says in Exodus 23, you shall have no other gods before me. I happen to like the broader definition of codependency as we understand it today, as a set of learned coping skills used to function in an environment that is imbalanced and dysfunctional. When we put God first, we will have God's peace even when others are not peaceful toward you. Yeah, that's true. You know, I have another example, too. I I had two older sisters, and they would always watch the soap operas, you know, and uh, one of the favorites that eventually became mine, and the only one that I was ever really interested in was General Hospital. Did you I guys ever watch, watch that, that show? I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was sick for I think a few mine years was myself. Yep. Light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, when I got married, I continued to watch it, you know, through my 20s, and I always made time to watch the show back in the day. I'd stick the VCR in to record the show every day, same oh, yeah. time. Uh-huh. And I remember watching it and thinking, I wish I could meet you know, people and dine out and find restaurants every day for lunch, just like they did on the soaps, you know, and their houses always looked perfect. And of course, you know, I could see my myself was I was comparing my life to theirs and thinking, you know, what's wrong with this picture that I'm living in? You know, how come we can't live this way? And uh, one day I was really convicted by the Holy Spirit um, just to let the show go and put it behind me that it, it didn't need to be in my life. And uh, when I did, I realized I wasn't missing anything at all. You know, I'd go and turn the TV on years down the road, scroll through the channels and see it. And I'd, I'd listen for just a few minutes, you know, and I'd think to myself, nothing's changed. They're, <laughs> they're still working through the same scenario they were like years ago. You That's know, sa- same thing, same script, honestly. You know, I mean, I'd laugh and I'd turn off the TV and I'd go do something productive. <laughs> yeah, mine was uh, One Life to Live. Oh, yeah. And right after that came General Hospital. Yeah. So I watched those for quite a while, so I get it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Susan, you mentioned that saying no is a huge part of setting a boundary. That was hard for me. Yes. You know, but I knew I had to do it. I had to come to an understanding that I couldn't do everything for everyone else Mm -hmm. because there's other people that can help, you know, right? Yep. Yeah, because I had a hard time saying no, too. You know, I was asked to do a lot of things at the church. When I was younger growing up in the church, I was voluntold, (laughs) (laughs) you know, to do things all the time since my dad was the pastor and we were a small church and there just weren't enough workers, you know, to do all the jobs that needed to be done. So I was serving very early in my life. And, And then when I got married, you know, we found a church, you know, here, I immediately volunteered to sing in the choir and work in the nursery and teach us. Sunday school class and teach a missions class on Wednesdays and busy busy That's yeah a lot Laura yeah well I had a lot more energy than I do now <laughs> but you know it, it continued to increase when I had kids because then you have to volunteer for the things that they're involved with you know right. so I taught uh, preschool children's choir children's bible drill I taught two days a week a mother's day out program you know and then I had wow. you know the two kids of my own at home when I got done I was just I was whooped and every time there was a need 
somebody was always asking me to help out. And I, I typically told them I'd help. Yeah. But then one evening I was pretty worn out. And honestly, I was burned out from spinning, you know, spreading myself so thinly that I have nothing left to give. And I began to become depressed. And I didn't even really want to go to church. And I flopped down on my bed and began sobbing, crying. And I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. And he said, I never told you you had to do all these things. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You mean I don't have to do all these things? And then he told me, he says, do one thing and do it well. I love that. I love it. Yeah. You know, you had no idea what a relief of, you know, that heavy weight and pressure that was lifted off of me at that moment. Just hearing his permission saying, I don't have to do this. I can say no. Yeah. I was such a pleaser that I never wanted to look lazy to others, and I never wanted to look lazy to God's eyes either, right? right? You know, you're not supposed to be lazy in the Bible. But again, like what Susan's talking about is the boundaries and the balance that comes with that. But, you know, God gave me that permission to, to be at peace about it and tell people no, and I didn't have to justify my answer either. So I had God's permission. That's all I needed. Well, you know, for me, I, I could give you a, a similar experience that I had as years ago when I was raising the kids and they were young. But I used to teach at a private school and um, ended up leaving there and decided to homeschool my three children that I still had at home. And while I did that, this is when I was going through a very difficult time, and we were struggling financially. So I quit that so I could homeschool my three children. I worked a part-time job. Actually, it was a full-time job most of the time because I was answering phones for a company. And I was teaching my children, watching my two grandchildren, and I also invited other children that I could homeschool as well. So I had like 11 children in my house while I was working. And in the back of my mind, God had started speaking to me about writing a book and how am I ever going to write a book. And with all this stuff going on, Mm -hmm. I got to the point where I was, I blew up. I was like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I had to, in the beginning, I had to cut off all the kids, the extra kids. I even had to say no to my grandchildren because I couldn't, they were young and I couldn't teach I, I need to have a teaching environment for the three that i was teaching at home still so i had to tell my oldest son that i couldn't watch him that broke my heart and then the only other thing i was doing at the time was the part-time job so i would just you know work early in the morning and then get them started in the afternoon i would come help them but then it got to the point where god's like i need you mm-hmm. i need your full attention on what i'm about to draw you into which is writing a book mm-hmm. so i ended up quitting that job as well my husband was so good in that he just we were still struggling financially but he's like if you feel like God's calling you to do it, then do it. So I did it, and I was blessed because of that. But it got to where I was only homeschooling them, and I homeschooled them all the way through high school. But it was wow. a huge boundary setting. I mean, homeschooling me. alone is hard. It is yes. difficult. But add all those Doing others, nine I'm kids. like, I would have gone crazy. And then watching my, you know, infant <laughs> grandchild and my, you know, two and three year old grandchild, it was. It's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> a and the lot. younger they are, the more physical energy it takes. Yes. You know, and, and then my children who were older had to help me with all that, and they were frustrated because they were trying to do schoolwork. Right. Yeah. It was just not healthy. There was yeah, a well, year of that. I, I, it's, it seems like the Lord stepped in and said, okay, that's enough. It's enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's too much chaos here. Wow. So, yeah. So let's talk some more about what boundaries are. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> They are visible or invisible fences that define ownership, protect our rights, and set rules to determine what's acceptable and what's not acceptable in a given situation. Boundaries say, I belong to me, and you belong to you. Yeah, that's good. Good. Rather than separating, boundaries protect what we possess and value, including our own life and body. And mind. (laughs) 
Yeah. yeah. They enable us to defend ourselves physically, emotionally, and spiritually against intrusive or unwanted dangers. Mm. But their de- entire design and purpose is to set the course for mutual respect, consideration, protection, and safety in all areas of relationships. Some of the things boundaries define and protect include our bodies, emotions, family and loved ones, beliefs, values, identity, which is huge, Yeah, yeah time, huge. responsibilities, roles, and possessions. Yeah, that's really good. I'd like to explain what God's boundary system is. Okay. All of God's principles, laws, and promises rest on a perfect set of boundaries established through His Word. These boundaries are specific for each area of our lives. Boy, if I knew that years ago. Oh, no, I right? Dug All. right into the Word. Yeah, we sure mm-hmm. would He loves us, so he establishes them to protect us and give us safety in our environment in which we can grow in relationship with him and others. God doesn't establish boundaries because he needs protection, but he establishes them to offer his guiding principles for our life principles that, in fact, will protect us. With his boundaries in place, we learn how to thrive both in our relationship with him and our relationship with one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely wants us to set boundaries in order to live a happier, healthier life. Y'all agree? Yeah. Yes. It's important for us to have good boundaries. I know when I need some time for myself or time with my husband, I just take it. Yeah. It's too important not to take the time you need to decompress. The work, the issues, the whatever it is, will still be there the next day. It's important to rest and get a fresh perspective. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, you know, when we were led by the Holy Spirit to leave our church, we had, you know, we'd been diligently serving in there for years. And, you know, to do that, it, it took a lot of prayer. And we, we really spent a lot of time praying about it. It was like one of the hardest decisions we ever had to make. Oh, I bet. And uh, mm-hmm. we got some kickback, you know, from fellow members who couldn't understand our decision to leave the church. And I felt like they were questioning our loyalty to the church. And so I just told them, I'm not loyal to the church, but I am loyal to Jesus Christ. And when he tells me to go, we got to go. Yeah. Yes. You know, and not many people had anything positive to say to me after that. In fact, I, you know, I was even snubbed by women that I served on mission trips with and taught with for years. That's sad. That's you know, horrible. I was coming out of a store and they totally snubbed me. And, you know, after we had left the church and, and that hurt, but I felt their rejection loud and clear. But I also felt the Lord's approval at the same time and his calling on my heart you know, was even clearer. And it just didn't matter what other people thought of me or my, you know, or my family for leaving. At first, it was, you know, a difficult move for us. And my family had been connected to their families. And my boys had lots of friends there. But the Lord was taking us to where he needed us to go, you know, so that we could grow and we could expand our understanding of his kingdom. Yeah. And there's a blessing in the obedience. Yeah, Yeah, there was. Even though you could see in the natural how it hurt other people, you got to obey God. Right. There was something else he had for you. Yeah. He's well, I was yeah. first priority. I was going to say even their reaction was confirmation. Right. Yeah. That wasn't yeah. Right. where you're supposed to be. Right. right. All right. Well, for me, one of my issues is I'm a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. I like to make sure everyone around me is happy, especially my family. I do everything I can to make sure they all have what they need to the point of exhaustion for me. And even though I'm exhausted, I am convinced that I'm happy because they're happy. <laughs> and my husband used to get so frustrated with me because he knew I was doing too much and I tried way too hard. And as hard as I tried, I learned that I simply can't make everyone happy. It's just not my job. No. Nope. No. And I know this about myself now, so I've taken steps to take better care of me, but it's still difficult sometimes. I still find myself trying to falling back into that old way of thinking. Pattern. Yeah, but, but yeah. God, mm-hmm. but God, 
he walks me through that. Right. Before, when I had no boundaries, I let people, again, it was a lot of people in my family, run all over me. I was in my early 40s when I started to realize I couldn't continue doing everything for everyone else. I've hurt feelings along the way because I didn't, you know, I wasn't strong enough to start putting up those boundaries and I didn't handle it the right way. I, I didn't communicate my feelings at all because I didn't think anyone would understand what I was going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't want to upset them again because I'm a people pleaser. I was afraid of hurting their feelings. So doing that hurt them even more. You know, it is what it is, but I've learned from it. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I also got very involved, like, you know, Laura said in the church. I was giving the church I was going to many years ago, I guess. I struggled with boundaries there too. I wanted to help everyone all the time. I overextended myself multiple times and it caused a lot of bad feelings in me to build up over the years. But I've learned to set boundaries for myself and, you know, others. Yeah, you know, you lose yourself and you don't know who you are anymore. Yes. Uh, when all huge. you do is please everybody else. I did that. Yeah. That was over a decade for me. Mm-hmm. Of just trying to figure out who I was because I was I was so involved with everybody else's lives, you know. You know, I think a lot of women fall into that same yeah. situation and, yes. and, and thinking because... We want to be accepted. Well, and you're a mother. Part of it. If you're a mother, yeah. you're constantly doing things for your kids all the time. Yeah. And you lose yourself in that process. Right. But yeah. the Lord has to bring you back to he center. And boy, he has. You know? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> After all the toys are picked up first. Yes. <laughs> right. So I want to talk about when the development of boundary systems begin. Yeah. So they begin when we're small children. We learn the rules to life and the concept of consequences for wrongful behaviors. But we're also taught the rule of grace and forgiveness versus punishment when we violate a boundary. Oh, yeah. Individual family belief systems are huge. Depending on how healthy or unhealthy those family members are emotionally and spiritually, determines whether the boundary systems established fairly and under safe and healthy biblical guidelines. So I I just want to talk about three types of boundary systems here. Yeah, I can't wait. The first one is open. It occurs when outside influences and people determine the way we set and adhere to boundaries. We might actually base our boundaries on other people's needs, demands, issues, and desires. We may also become so enmeshed with other people's thoughts and feelings, and we're unable to separate ourselves from them and thus lose our sense of I altogether, yeah. like you just said, Lauren. Right, like we talked about. And become attachments of other people. This means we have little protection and are vulnerable to allowing things on the inside that are dangerous or harmful. For example, if this were a castle, there'd be no moat, no wall of protection, and all the windows and doors would be open. All intruders would be allowed in. Strangers and rightful owners would live inside. That's That's crazy. It is. Cuckoo. I think a good scripture for this is Galatians 1.10. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or if I am trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A biblical example of this type of boundary system would be the story of Samson and Delilah. Uh, that's a good one. The Philistine. Yep. Samson was chosen by God to be a powerful leader. He was chosen to be the liberator throughout the land, chosen to be respected by all people, and as the highest judge over the entire nation. God even told him of all the details in order to protect his power and safeguard his strength. God said, don't tell the secret of your power. Then Delilah. And Delilah. Then Delilah, who <laughs> Samson fell in love with surfaces and begs him to tell her this secret. Samson, being in love with her and a people pleaser, becomes so dependent on pleasing Delilah. I can relate. (laughs) (laughs) He eventually caved and told her the secret that his strength and power was in his obedience to God in never, ever cutting his hair. 
big mistake. mistake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Samson violated a boundary between him and God. In truth, Samson's pride caused his downfall, for he prioritized the words of Delilah over the words of God. He lost all his strength, status, sight, and spiritual insight, and was taken captive by his Philistine enemies. Wow. Yeah. The other system is called the closed boundary system. The system is rigid and strict and often is not influenced by anything from the outside. Families and people in this system don't let people close to them, do not share life with others, and don't look to outside influences to determine how they should live. Yeah. These people live with sheltered, secretive, and protective measures. They are often exacting in their approach to life, and they like to keep things within specific and set confines. Wow. Anyone who might disrupt their structure, schedule, or system would be seen as a threat. Hmm. So this would be a, like a castle barricaded with deep, thick walls around its exterior. Windows and doors would be locked, and drapes would be drawn tight, expressing stay out. Wow. Wow. The big uh, sign, keep out. Yeah. <laughs> Don't come in. The one you pass by on. Yeah. <laughs> on special, on festive. Festivities, excuse me, (laughs) holidays. A biblical example of this is John 5, 1 through 18. Jesus heals a lame man by the pool of Bethesda on the Sabbath. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie down. On the ground, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The blind, lame, and the paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked, Do you want to get well? Yeah. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool where the water is stirred. This was the water, the pool of Bethesda. It was from time to time the angel of the Lord would come down and stir the waters. The first one into the pool after each stirring would be cured of whatever disease they had. That's pretty cool. (laughs) You know, the first one in the pool. (laughs) Sorry. That's funny. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. And so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It's the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well told me to pick up my mat and walk. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jews persecuted him. Mm -hmm. The Jewish leaders saw both a mighty miracle of healing and a broken rule. They threw the miracle aside as they focused on a broken rule, because the broken rule was more important to them than the miracle. Yeah. God is prepared to work in our lives, but we can shut out his miracles by limiting our views about how he works. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You need to see the bigger picture. Yeah. Yes. You know, what's really going on here. And yeah. Do, maybe you just need to slack off on those rules. Yeah. You know? Well, they made so many. Well, yeah. The Pharisees. The Pharisees yeah. did. Yeah. But I mean, just you know, relating that to real life. Yeah. You know, sometimes in your own families and stuff, you have rules at your house. Yeah. But you look at the overall picture and you see what your kids are going through. And so sometimes you just throw those rules aside for today, you know, and understand what's going on in their spirit. Right. And offer grace. Right. Yeah. And the last, the third boundary system is called the flexible boundary system. God created us to have flexible boundary system. This gives us the ability to protect ourselves from threats while at the same time allowing people into our life. Flexible boundaries have specific guidelines and consequences for negative behaviors. They aren't just black and white because they're open to the influences of grace and forgiveness. For example, this castle would have a fence with a gate where people can come in and go as necessary. But the gate has truth as its guard. Oh, that's good. Yeah. The guard is the person of Jesus yes. Christ. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. We have certain rights based on truth that we can and should defend. 
More importantly, we have a wise protector of our gate. John 10, 9 says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. That's good. An example of this type of boundary system would be representative of our relationship with God. He loves us freely, and there's nothing we can do to deserve his unconditional love. He allows us the freedom to make choices in our lives every day. He allows consequences for negative behaviors when we sin. We then grieve the Holy Spirit when we sin because it takes away our ability to be intimate with God. Yeah. Yeah. We also experience spiritual warfare at times because we might have left a window open for the enemy to come in. Oh, the windows. Nope. <laughs> Rather, when I am aligned with God, spend time with him and read his word, I experience intimacy with God. My life is blessed and I experience joy, peace, and hope, and I have gratitude for my blessing. Yeah, everything's always better. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies, can you relate or identify with any of these boundary systems? Oh, yeah. You know, growing up in my family that served in ministry, we had flexible boundaries. I, I, that's what I would say. It was very flexible because, honestly, we had to. Oh, yeah. You know, if we were in the middle of a family argument and somebody called in the middle of it needing, you know, help from my dad, you know, the phone would ring and you'd hear, is the pastor there? You know, they're, <laughs> they're crying. or, You know, we just had to drop everything. The, the argument just dropped immediately and, and would pick it up after the call, you know. Yeah. And, and that was hard, you know, because we just stopped everything because we were, were a family. Priority. Yeah, and we, oh. we were a family that served God, yeah. you know. So our immediate issues weren't as important as the, the others in the church. Yeah. And I'd say it was flexible to, respect, you know. Respect, respect, respect all, all of you pastors out there. Yeah. Yes. That's hard. Yes. Yeah. That's why it's always hard yeah. in pastoral families and yeah. stuff. And, you know. They hear uh, and see it all. Yep. Boundaries you know. These are so important. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you have to keep it flexible to keep things, you know, open. But there was also a protective wall, you know, for taking care of our own needs as well. You know, living in a life of ministry, I'll say that it was very difficult because our family was open to a lot of scrutiny, you know, from other people looking at our lives and expecting us to live perfectly. And that's just not the case. You know, we're, we were people just like everybody else. Right. And we didn't see eye to eye on everything in our family. We argued and we fought with each other. But, you know, bottom line, we loved Jesus and we did love each other. And my parents did their best to raise us in sometimes very difficult circumstances. Yeah, we're just normal folk. Right. Yes. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure many ministers could write books on setting healthy boundaries in the life of ministers' families. Oh, or yeah. let's just yeah. say, at least they try. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, for me personally, I used to be more of the open boundary system. I used to always base my boundaries on other people's needs and demands. You know, yeah. so, like I said, I was a people pleaser and I was open, you know, come come welcome all <laughs> and i you know making myself sick crazy that. i couldn't do it now i'm more in line with my family and they're flexible we will protect ourselves when we need to and we're careful of who we allow into our lives so we set healthy guidelines you know i've come a long way and i'm so thankful for god's guidance in that area it's mm-hmm. good a lot of good stuff i feel like my family was more like the closed boundary system we're a military family yeah. And we kept everything within the walls of her home, all that was going on. We didn't socialize a lot with the outside, just special occasions. However, I also feel that within our household, we were more like the open boundary system. Mm. Yeah, I feel like boundaries could be overrun and disregarded at times. It's possible we are all trying to just help each other out with everything, which obviously creates chaos. Yeah, <laughs> This also made it easy for me to lose focus on myself. Right? Yeah, you got to get lost in that. Yeah. So here are some biblical examples of boundaries. Jesus established a boundary in his relationship with his two, two of his disciples. Brother James and John said, 
Let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. When the ten other disciples heard about their presumptive desire, they became angry. Then Jesus refuted their request with this contrast. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be the first must be slave to all. That's in Mark, right? Yeah, Mark 10, 43-44. Boundaries are vital when God brought forth something from nothing. One of the most vivid pictures of physical boundaries is recorded in the Bible when the Creator Himself poses rhetorical questions to Job, who's questioning the goodness of God. Oh, yeah. Right? God questions, Where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Who marked off its dimensions? (laughs) Who stretched a measuring line across it? Who laid its cornerstone? Who shut up the sea behind doors when I fixed limits for it? When I said, This far you may come and no farther. Here is where your proud waves halt. Wow. God directly confronts Job's wrong thinking. Thus, his heart becomes deeply humbled. I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked, Who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. My ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Yeah, I love I love that passage of Job. You know, it was the first time I really you read in the Bible and you're seeing a conversation between God. Yeah. And you know, really hearing what he thinks. Right. How he sees things, and, and he's just responding to all of our questions that we have for right. him. Right, yeah. You know, he's, and it's, it's just, it's, to me, it was just, I was in awe of God when I heard him say, where were you yeah. when I set the boundaries of the earth? Right. You know, it's like. It's fresh perspective Okay, I'm sorry, yeah. God. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> right. Why are it you asking you very why? quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, That's good. So, to summarize this podcast on boundaries, Pray for wisdom to establish the best boundaries possible. Yeah. They will help you be the best person, have the health, healthiest relationships, and make the best decisions. Mm-hmm. Healthy people have healthy relationships because they understand what healthy boundaries provide. Yes. I love that. <laughs> yes. Security and confidence in who we are as individual creations of God. The ability to say yes and no to others without guilt or yes. fear. Mm-hmm. Fences that keep us not from loving each other, but from harming each other. With boundaries, we are able to juggle togetherness and separateness by creating and maintaining balance in our relationships. We do this by giving God his proper place and people their proper place. When God comes first and people come second, we have godly companionship with one another. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yep. That's for Matthew, right? Matthew yeah. 22. Yeah. 37 to 39. All right. Well, that's all the time we have today. We hope you enjoyed hearing our talk about boundaries. And next week, we'll be talking about receiving visions from the Lord. Yeah, and we just want to close with this scripture. It's from Deuteronomy 15.10. It says, Give generously to him and do so without a grudging heart. Then, because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hands to. All right. Well, today's episode was edited by Caitlin Beck. Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you, Caitlin. Caitlin. (laughs) We'd also like to give special recognition to Dr. Henry Cloud, Dr. Peter Townsend, June Hunt, and Stephanie Tucker. These are all great resources on the topic of boundaries. And we want to say a special thank you to Susan for all of the wonderful information (laughs) she provided for us today. It was really good, and we appreciate it so much. You're welcome. We do. Before you go, we invite you to please leave a written review anywhere you listen to this podcast. The more positive reviews we receive will lead to more listeners that God can reach. 
Also, please subscribe. We would appreciate it very much. Thank you for listening and allowing us to pour pure truth into you today. And we would love to hear anything you would like to share with us. So please email us at puretruthpodcast3, that's the number three, at gmail.com. All right. And we want you to please visit our websites. That's kathyzaka.com, chosentowrite.com, and, and su- susanoffin.com. And we hope you'll join us next time. And remember, live thirsty. Thank you, and may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you his peace. All right, until next time, Susan, Laura, and Kathy. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric acid.